0: It's the ACC podcast here on SouthernPigskin.com. I'm Kevin Thomas alongside publisher of SouthernPigskin.com, BJ Bennett, as we get ready to come down the home stretch of the ACC season. Of course, you're starting to deal with teams trying to get bow eligible. Pitt took a big blow to that uh, last night when they lost to North Carolina late. They're sitting at 4 and 6, need a couple of wins, may not get there given their remaining schedule. Boston College has a chance to get bow eligible this week if they can beat NC State. Duke still needs some wins. Uh, they host Army. Georgia Tech needs two wins after they got off to a great start. Wake Forest could become bowl eligible with a win over Syracuse this week, as well as Louisville, who could become bowl eligible if they beat Virginia this week to get their sixth win. So there's some of the minor storylines that are out there in the ACC this week as you come down the stretch. And and certainly, you talk about a couple of games that mean an awful lot. None bigger than number seven Miami against number three Notre Dame. Miami trying to go to nine and zero, oh, and and BJ right now. Notre Dame a three and a half point favorite heading into this one. And a lot of people, I think, around the country still have their questions about Miami. Of are they for real? Are they simply skating by every week? I, obviously, I guess we would find out this week.
1: Well, you're undefeated in November. You're for real. I don't think we need to find anything out. Miami just took on a very good Virginia Tech team last Saturday and won that game convincingly going away. So Miami's for real. Can they get into the college football playoff? Yeah, that's a that's a different question. And we'll find out this weekend. To your point, I love this game, Kev. I mean, I am fired up. Saturday night on South Beach. Miami and Notre Dame are you kidding me? I mean this is this is college football tradition. this is pageantry. This is a, an old school unique classic rivalry back to life. College look, I know Miami and Notre Dame programs a lot of people love. a lot of people hate. I think college football is better when Miami's relevant. College football is better when Notre Dame's relevant. Mark Richt has done a tremendous job, of course, was wonderful at UGA, uh, back at his alma mater now. And what they've done late last season, this season, incredible. And, Kevin, I really think this is going to be a scene that every college football fan needs to see. Those programs, uh, the names that have come through South Bend and Coral Gables, the championships, what's on the line Saturday night, that atmosphere, this is special. I'm really excited, and I'm fired up, and I think it's going to be a great game.
0: Yeah, and again, Miami and Notre Dame, this is one of those that is harkens back to uh, other times when both teams were on top of the college football world at various times and have uh, squared off. This time it is in South Florida. And uh, again, I think Miami, you're looking at Malik Rozier. Can he come in and have another big game? I think one thing you know for sure is that Miami can play defense, uh, and that against a team that runs the football as well as Notre Dame does. I want to say Notre Dame's in the top ten at least in uh, rush offense per game. That's where it starts, and if you're Miami, if you can slow down the rush offense, if you're Mark Rick, do you do you really believe that Notre Dame can beat you throwing the football? I, I don't think they can. If If you shut down the Notre Dame rush game, I don't believe Notre Dame can beat Miami throwing the football.
1: I think you're right. That's the that's the game within the game. That's the matchup to watch. Notre Dame going to line up with Josh Adams, try to run the football, a, a great offensive line with Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson, guys who are going to be first-round picks, and they're going to run it right at the strength of Miami's defense. And really, Miami's defense just at every level, the D-line, the linebackers, the now healthy secondary. This is an aggressive, playmaking, dynamic unit. Guys are you know, out there making plays, Kev, for the turnover chain, which is cool, which is a neat tradition. And Miami's playing with an attitude, with a swagger, with an intensity, with a conviction, with a belief that you can see and you can feel. Uh, we have more stats than ever in college football. Jim Johnson just did a great statistical breakdown of, of Miami's defense, their secondary. But you know when I know a team is playing well or a unit's playing well, when I can watch it and feel it. And that's what I get when I watch Miami. It's, it's edge-of-your-seat excitement watching them play defense, the way they get after the line of scrimmage, the way they just swarm to the ball carrier. And I can't wait to see that defense with that crowd on that stage set the tone. Mark Richt has these guys believing. We've talked about it on the podcast here. The late win over Florida State, the late win over Georgia Tech, uh, the way they've been able to step up to the moment, whether it's been a big game or a big drive. This Miami team has kind of a team of destiny feel to it. Now, Notre Dame, they've won some close games too. Brian Kelly's done a great job. Something has to give, and I'm with you, man. I think this game hinges upon, can Notre Dame run the football? Can Miami stop Notre Dame from running the football?
0: And you sit here and uh, as a, a fan of college football. If you look at Miami coming back, that's good for college football, BJ. But I think also the, the storyline, and there's been a lot of great coaching stories this season, but Mark Rick fired at Georgia just for not being able to get that program over the hump, comes home to his alma mater. And then in year two has Miami sitting there at 8-0. A win on Saturday gets you to 9-0. And again, the can't win the big one moniker is a tough one to shape because as soon as you lose any game, then people are like, oh, you can't win uh, the big one. But, uh, But Mark Richt has got his team in two years really believing. And you look at what Miami had tried to do with Randy Shannon, what Miami had tried to do with Al Golden. Mark Rick's come in in two years and got them in the national discussion. They are on the verge of going to the ACC championship game for the first time since they've been in the league, and they're in the national discussion. You can't sell short what Mark Rick's been able to do where Al Golden tried and and couldn't get it done, and, and same with Randy Shannon. What a, uh, a great story there for Mark Rick. And, and who's to say... They don't beat Notre Dame, and you look at their remaining schedule in the ACC, B.J., I think it's a couple of teams uh, in Virginia who's got six wins better than they have been. Bronco Mendenhall's done a great job, but certainly a a winnable game in South Florida for Miami, and then you go to Pitt who's got four wins and just choked a game away against the worst team in the ACC. So very winnable for the Canes coming down the stretch. Of
1: course, and I'm right there with you on, on Mark Rick, the job he's done rejuvenating Miami, I mean, not only are they winning and they're in the mix late in the season, they're recruiting incredibly well. Uh, we saw Mark Richt in Charlotte at the ACC kickoff had kind of a relaxed, I think, calm confidence to him with the goatee and the tan suit and all that good stuff. And he's back home. You know, Mark Richt played at the U under Howard Schnellenberger, was a quarterback, and he's a part of the fabric of that program. And they can't win the big one moniker, I'm not a big fan of that because – If you're telling me you have to win a national championship to be able to win the big one, then that means what? We only have three, four coaches in college football that can win the big one? I mean, who in college football has won a national championship right now? You're talking about Nick Saban. You're talking about Urban Meyer. You're talking about Dabo Swinney. And you're talking about Jimbo Fisher. Are those the only coaches that can win the big one in in college football right now? No. Uh, Mark Rick won two SEC championships at Georgia and elevated the status quo to a place where being great in the SEC was not good enough. He kind of became a victim of his own success, and that's a story for another day. Folks know it, but I think Rick's happy. Georgia, obviously it's worked out for them. They're playing great, but there's an energy to Miami. There's an authenticity to Miami, I think, right now. And win, lose, or draw, regardless of what happens the rest of the year, it's been a successful season. And I think the positive traction is obvious when you talk about the Hurricanes in this program.
0: And around college football, this is Separation Saturday, uh, much like you have Miami and Notre Dame. That's a top-10 playoff matchup. You've got six teams in the top-10 playing each other. You've got eight teams in the top-10 with top-20 matchups uh, going on this week. And you made a a tweet earlier this week that – When you get to separation Saturday, who would have thought that of all the top 10 teams in action, those playing each other, that the worst matchup, the worst matchup of all the games this weekend would be Clemson-Florida State. When you talk about great games, you have to see with what's on the line. Clemson-Florida State, unless the Seminoles pull off an upset, it's meaningless uh, moving forward. But can Florida State find that one game within them? and pull off an upset uh, against Clemson? Because you feel like talent-wise, there's enough there for Florida State to do something. Can they do it in Death Valley against a team in Clemson that's obviously knows with one loss, their margin for error for the playoff is very slim as well?
1: Well, it wouldn't stun me because, as you said, the talent is there, but it would surprise me because Clemson is playing for a shot at the national championship. Florida State right now, quite frankly, is not. And I think there's, there's a different... Kind of tick to what you do when you're in the mix, and that's not a, a, a criticism of anyone. I think that's just natural when a team's right there playing for something, playing for the big prize, and then maybe another team's struggling and the talking points have been negative. I think that, that wears on you. And uh, Francois' injury, DeAndre Francois' injury, injury not t- t- took the wind out of Florida State sales uh, and some devastating close losses. I mean, the Miami game, the Louisville game, I think all of that compiled into one. You just kind of ran out of gas if you were FSU. They were able to get back on track a little bit and beat Syracuse, but you're still injured and banged up in the backfield. You're still injured and banged up at wide receiver, and you still have, I mean, Kevin, I'll say say this, a undersized true freshman quarterback playing on the road at the defending national champs who have the best defensive line in the country. That's generally not a recipe for success. So I think Florida State will play up to the moment initially, but I don't know if they have – the experience with the proven playmakers to last a four-quarter bout with Clemson right now. And I think right this second, Clemson has has better talent than Florida State does. Uh, and maybe that would have sounded crazy five, six, seven years ago, but right now, Clemson, more NFL draft prospects, I think, more experience, better talent. So worth keeping an eye on, but I would expect Clemson, uh, Clemson by the time it's all said and done, to to win that one pretty comfortably.
0: Yeah, and and again, just... It's amazing when you think about it. At the beginning of the year, this was a game ACC fans probably had circled twice oh, sure. on the calendar and said this could be for a playoff spot. It could be to go to the ACC championship game, obviously, and obviously it has not lived up to, to that billing. On the other side of the uh, the conference, you have Virginia Tech, tough loss to Miami. They've got Georgia Tech, so you've got Virginia Tech, who's really done well in uh, their year number 2 uh, against maybe a team that I, I don't know if you call them tough to figure out or tough luck uh, on the season, but Georgia Tech sitting there at 4-4, four and 3-3 four, three and three in the league. This is an interesting one where Virginia Tech got beat in Lane Stadium with a backup quarterback a season ago in this football game. Is Georgia Tech coming into this game still a very dangerous matchup for Virginia Tech who
1: traditionally, with that Bud Foster defense, plays them very well? This has been a great series over the years. Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, some fun games. And I think Georgia Tech has had some of that FSU bad luck with roster attrition and finding ways to lose games that, that you should have won crazy fashion uh, late at the end. I, this is this is tough to get a feel for because I think Georgia Tech is better than their record shows and the nation's kind of cooled on Virginia Tech in terms of hyping them up. But they've lost to Clemson and Miami. I mean, there's no shame in losing to Clemson and Miami, two college football playoff contenders right now. and And that's it. I mean, Virginia Tech has some good wins on the resume. Beat West Virginia earlier in the year. Atlanta, when this game has been in Atlanta, it seems like it's been even crazier to project. So I don't have a good feel for this one, Kevin. I I do think it'll be close. Uh, Virginia Tech, a, a little more balanced offensively probably and probably a little more balanced defensively. But that triple option, when it's clicking, Taquan Marshall has been exceptional. Uh, when he's out and running in space, that's as big of a big play offense as there is in the country. So this is going to be fun. And and specifically, Paul Johnson and Bud Foster kind of scheming against each other. Yeah, that, that's got to appeal to everybody.
0: And kind of the undertones here, the Yellow Jackets trying to get bowl eligible as they have one less game on the schedule. A lot of talk that they could get in with five wins, but... Obviously, they look at this game, potentially Duke could get them bowl eligible heading into a uh, final game against the University of Georgia at the end of the year. So, very interesting there. Virginia Tech uh, sitting there at 17. BJ, how do you kind of feel about Justin Fuente's team where, as you said, now you're kind of stuck into the the mid-range of you lost two games, so you're down in the teens, in the high teens But you lost to two teams that are trying to get into the college football playoff right now. Where do you feel this hokey squad is? And maybe do you look at them and say, oh, two losses, they aren't as good as we thought. Is that getting undersold a
1: little bit, who they've lost to? Well, I think they're a good team, not a great team. And they lost to Miami and Clemson. Uh, Those games at the end were not necessarily close. They lost those games Convincingly, It wasn't like a drive or or, or a play here or there. But Virginia Tech is clearly a good team. Deserves to be nationally ranked in the national top 20. And I think that's okay right now. You know, Justin Fuente is still building, still developing. They have a first-year quarterback in Josh Jackson. And when you have young quarterbacks, you're going to have ups and downs. I think Virginia Tech, you know they're going to bring it defensively. They have some athletes offensively. A quarterback that's talented. They can do a number of different things. I think they're good, not great. And I think in college football sometimes we – we tend to only focus on the great, but there's still a lot of good in Blacksburg. A lot of reason for optimism moving forward. This is a really dynamic ACC, and I think Virginia Tech's a part of that.
0: Absolutely. And uh, finally, BJ. Speaking of dynamics in the in the ACC, it's funny how this. It's just funny how the the season goes on roller coasters for teams where uh, we always tell everybody, "Look, you got to let stuff play out and see where where the chips fall." When we're talking about the college football playoff or whatever, but here's a game this weekend that I find very interesting. Uh, in the league. It's going to get undersold because of Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Miami, Florida State, and Clemson. But NC State goes to Boston College. Boston College has a chance to get bowl eligible, which I don't think anybody thought would happen uh, here in 2017. And And if NC State loses this game, you would talk about a program that a couple weeks ago was sitting there with one loss to South Carolina, potentially upsetting Clemson to go to an ACC championship game where they had dark horse for the national championship. They lose to Boston College this weekend behind that solid running game of the Eagles. They could be 6-4. and four. And you go, this was a team people were talking about as an ACC champion, dark horse for a playoff New
1: Year's 6 bowl game. All of a sudden, all the way back at 6-4. and four. And think of some of the craziness they've had to deal with. Had... That that tough, hard-fought loss to Clemson in a game that came down to the final couple of plays. Lost on the final play, basically, to South Carolina back at the beginning of the year. And Boston College, gives Steve Adazio, that staff, a ton of credit. And not a lot of star power entering the year. They've run the football well. Defensively, they are scrapping, getting after people. So BC's got to be one of the surprises of the league. They've won three games in a row. Of course, crushed FSU in that span. So Boston College... Give them a ton of credit for what they've done. But I'm with you. This is an interesting game. Can NC State kind of recapture the magic after a heartbreaker? Because had they beaten Clemson, this would have been a totally different talking point in terms of where the Wolfpack are in November. So that is a good game. There are a lot of really good games uh, in the ACC this weekend. I know Duke Army is going to be fun. Jeff Monk has done a great job at Army. Duke trying to get back on track, getting to the postseason once again. Uh, Virginia and Louisville. Lamar Jackson still doing Lamar Jackson things. Virginia better but they've regressed a little bit lately. Fascinating weekend in the ACC. It certainly
0: is. That's the ACC podcast. Thanks for listening here on southernpigskin.com. We'll see you next week.